Welcome to the Moose Room, and uh, I am once again without Joe or Emily. I hopefully this doesn't become a, uh, a staple on the podcast. I'm sure nobody wants to just listen to me rant about stuff, but I decided to bring back another guest today. I think it's the person that's been on the podcast the most, and it is who? My former graduate student, Glenda Pereira. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, It's always nice to have Glenda on. She's working in extension in Maine, doing lots of nice stuff with all all kinds of projects going on in Maine, keeping you busy. So yes, what what we wanted to talk about today really is is Glenda is also working in precision technology. You know, everybody, everybody always gives Brad a hard time about using sensors and sensors for everything. And We've had lots of different episodes on sensors, but why not have another one? For those in the scientific world, uh, Glenda and myself and uh, Kirsten Sharp just had a review published uh, in one of our scientific journals. Uh, it was Precision Technologies for Grazing Systems. So we've a lot have known, uh, it gives a wide range of, you name it, from uh, wearable sensors to uh, autonomous vehicles to virtual fencing to figuring out pasture biomass. So it's uh, maybe we'll put it in the show show notes if somebody really wants to read a bunch of scientific review about precision technologies for grazing farms. But it is kind of cool. We kind of had a nice review about all of the sensors that we've done here. And many of you know Glenda has, uh, during her graduate work, worked on a lot of sensors here at our research station. So I thought we'd have her on. She's been working on some technologies in in Maine with some farmers, and I thought I'd give her a chance to tell us what she's doing. Thanks, Brad. And so you are right. I have lots of fun things going on here in Maine and working with uh, the Maine dairy industry. And in my transition from graduate school into extension, uh, I started off with a project that involved precision dairy technologies because it allowed that flexibility with starting a new project as a new assistant professor and faculty here at the University of Maine. And, and so it gave, gave me some of that familiarity. And then I would also uh, be better able to support the farmers that I was working with on that project because I already had some familiarity with precision dairy technologies. So are these technologies popular in in Maine you know people think Maine really they 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 have a dairy industry they do there's quite a few farms over a couple hundred dairy farms I think left in Maine a lot of grazing so they're probably not really familiar with working with technologies you know there's a lot of grazing herds in here and in the Midwest and there's a lot of conventional herds that don't use a lot of technology too so I would guess in Maine not so much either so that's a good question to start us off there are some farms that do use activity monitors, precision dairy technologies and wearables. There are some farms that are using a robotic milking system. So we have two robots operating currently in Maine, and then um, we will have some robots coming online here at the end of the year and then to uh, next year, 2024. So there is some uh, exploration in the precision dairy world here in Maine. 
but uh, not to the extent that I would say I have seen some other states. Uh, there is an issue too, if you don't have sort of the tech support in a certain area, it can be challenging to really uh, have a pocket where you have a lot of technology or farms that are using technologies if you don't have that support system to, you know, once tags go down or once the system goes down, how do you uh, troubleshoot some of those issues? So so that's a piece of it as well. So I know you you had an idea and probably stems from a lot of precision technology use here in Minnesota. But what was your idea and what what did you want to do uh, to help with those farmers in in Maine? So it does totally have to do uh, with my previous background in working with you, Brad, at the University of Minnesota. So uh, there was an opportunity for me to apply to some grant funding through our Dairy Business Innovation Center. So there's four across the country and we have one here in the pocket of of the Northeast. Uh, this funding does come and, and is tied to the farm bill, but, th- but there was an opportunity to do an extension project uh, with a group of five farmers. So it's a cohort. They, they kind of work together uh, along the, the timeline of the project. And I had an idea that I had familiarity with precision dairy technologies, and I had familiarity with the technology that would best be implemented. So along some of what you had mentioned about in Maine, Uh, Not every farm is big enough to have a computer in their barn like we traditionally see. Not every farm has a software management system like PCDAR or DairyComp. So there were some challenges that I had to work with. But I had the opportunity and I said, I'm not going to let it go away. So I said, why don't I apply for this grant funding and ask to purchase five systems for the five farms that I'm going to be working with and provide that technical assistance piece to those farmers along the project timeline. And I thought it was gonna be a long shot because a lot of a lot of grants are restrictive in what you can purchase. However, the grant was funded and I got the ability to pick a technology to use with five farms here in Maine. I chose to use and, and uh, select the cow manager technology because of two reasons. So one of the reasons I had familiarity with the data and using it, and then it really allows for us to just plug and play. So it's a USB, you can plug it into anything. And a lot of my farms don't have a computer in their barn. So it's a computer that's in their house. It's a laptop that they use as sort of their also personal computer. So I needed to have this flexibility and that's why I chose this technology. However, I wanna mention that uh, I don't endorse Cal Manager, And so there are so many technologies available on the market. However, like I mentioned, I had a goal and I had to meet the specific objectives of the farms that I was working with. And so to sort of, you know, not narrow the pool of farmers that I could be working with, I I chose this technology. Yeah, I think that's that's good because there's a lot of technologies that you could have used. And I know in the early stages, we talked about a lot of technologies that you could certainly use. And yeah, Cal Manager seemed to be the one that rose to the top there. And, uh, you know, you were familiar with that working here and Actually, Glenda validated Cow Manager on a grazing system. Was that 2016? Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it was my first project. Well known all over the world for validating the Cow Manager system on a grazing uh, herd here in in Morris. So it's uh, well received that you did that. And what information are you going to provide to these farmers? So you put it on these farms. What, what was the reception from those farmers uh, about this technology? Were they apprehensive? You know, were they a little leery about it? Or were they all in ready to figure this out? So 
I'm still relatively new in Maine and getting to know people. So, you, you know, I approached some farmers that I had some familiarity with and I knew that they would be like, all right, you know, Glenn is coming on the farm. She's going to help me, et cetera. And so the pool of farmers that I picked uh, was quite different. So I casted a wide net. I have people who are organic producers and are grazing. I have farmers that would be considered larger and confined. And I have even a farm that's an owner processor. So they don't even ship to a processing company. They do everything in-house. So so there was a variety of farmers that I worked with. In addition to that, I have multi-generational farms. I have first-generation farmers, which is really exciting to be able to work with those farmers. And then I have uh, farmers that are co-owners of the farm, even though they're um, not the original family that's on the farm. In addition to that, there's a large range in the ages of the farmers that are participating in the program, which was something that I didn't um, didn't want to take away from them because I think even though, you know, us millennials and us younger farmers tend to adapt and implement technology so quickly because we're glued to our phone, everything's on Instagram, Facebook, and we're really used to, you know, being able to work with anything that's technological. Um, the the farmers that that were older they they really adapted to it nicely however they were hesitant and they were not as quick to say i'm going to pick up my phone in the morning and check what's going on with my cows whereas the younger farmers were like you know as i check instagram and i check facebook or whatever i'm already checking the cow manager app to see what my cows are doing it was kind of a really easy adoption but at the same time i was that technical assistance and then anything that they had uh, trouble with, I really was able to be just a phone call away, a text away, a drive to their farm away. So that was a piece of it, too, in making sure that they were comfortable as we were implementing this system. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to note. And, you know, we've seen that here at our research center, too, as, you know, you get some are apprehensive about using it right away because it's just something different. They're used to looking at the cows and now you're, you know, can you believe uh, what the app says on your phone about what's happening in these cows. And then maybe the younger generation says, Ooh, yeah, I want to just, that's just one thing I'm going to check today. And it, it works. And, you know, you go breed your cows or go figure out who, who needs to be looked at for any health challenges. You've had these on, on your farms for a few months, right? Just a few months. And so what, what's their reception? You know, are they you know, or some like, oh, I don't really like it anymore, or they, you know, want to go more. I know your project wasn't able to maybe purchase the number of tags for, for all of these farms. Um, so you you did a portion of, of their herd. So any news about the future for these farms and in, in technology? Yeah, so you're right. I was only able to purchase 30 tags per farm. So each farm, independent of their herd size, got 30 tags. So uh, we, we were very strategic in what animals got those tags based on the goal of the project. So I want to start, start off with that because for some farms, uh, they were like, you know, I really could use something to help me uh, increase my estrus detection rate right now with a visual observation when they come into, you know, the parlor or when we're milking um, and I don't have that 24 hour visual observation for estrus. Uh, some farms were like, I've used, I, I'm using this technology that has activity, 
but I really want to understand how rumination, eating time, and these other behaviors really help me in understanding the performance of my cows as they transition. So uh, most of the farms are really enjoying the data that they're getting. They're really enjoying the fact that they can rely on the system for this cow to be bred at this hour, you know, because it's really specific, you kind of have a time window once you get this data. And then one farm isn't as impressed with it because it, they're small enough that they're able to really work with their cows on an individual basis. However, their cows uh, are going to pasture here soon once we get the grazing season started. And then they said that there's obviously potential opportunity as they head out to pasture that they won't have that flexibility and always being able to see them. There's sort of all over the spectrum, the, you know, content with the system. I will add that once we installed the systems, we did have group meetings with all of the farms. So they were able to share what's going on with their system, with their cows. And one farmer said, hey, you know, it's telling me that this cow's doing this. I, th- I look at her. She's fine. You know, what do I do? What do you think? And I said, you know, from my experience, it's time to sort of make a plan for what you're going to do for that cow. Because, y- you know, there can be some hiccups where the system says something's going on and it's, it's not true. But more likely than not, and especially if it's a transition cow. So, you know, she just calved in. She's fresh. It's likely that there's something underlying that's going on. And then this farmer was like, all right. So then all the other farmers got to hear that. And then the second meeting we had, we had an update. You know, what happened to that cow? And sure enough, the cow was ketotic. And then there was a treatment put in place. And all the other farmers were like, all right, we can kind of trust this. You you know, everybody's a little bit more on board. Having that farmer shared experience, I think, really adds to the project because We always talk about how farmers learn from other farmers. And I think that's a key piece of this, that they're all kind of sharing their own experiences. In addition to that, I just recently uh, followed up with that farmer that had that one ketotic cow. And now their sort of fresh cow management has changed. So their process is now we're not going to check any of the cows. We're only going to check the cows that, you know, come on that heat alert. And this is obviously for the cows that only have the tags because it's limited. But those cows that are, we were strategic, we put it on fresh, you know, pre-calving cows to be fresh so that we could capture that transition period. And they have implemented a protocol where the system tells them something's wrong. They go and, uh, you know, keto strip them. They work with their vet to treat however they, they've come to, to their protocol for treatment. And they've said that they've done this for three cows in addition to that fourth cow that they mentioned. And now instead of that cow dropping in milk, which is the response that they were seeing before, right? You know, the cow drops in milk, let's go treat her. So they're capturing that way earlier. So there's earlier detection and that cow bounces back in production, that milking in the afternoon. So she'll drop in milk in the morning, but because the day previous, they've already had that cow treated, there's no drop in milk. To, to the extent that there was before because they're waiting for that drop in milk response to come to then be able to treat the cow. So they're really confident in that protocol and, and management decision. And that kind of came along with the project. That's a wonderful story that, you know, that that's one thing that uh, for us as educators, we like to see that, you know, it's actually helped farmers out and actually made an impact on their farm where they're able to change some management decisions 
based on, you know, the sensors and now they're catching those cows. So maybe they're, you know, if, if they were apprehensive in the beginning, maybe they're putting a little more trust in the system. It's like, oh yeah, well, we saved that one cow and, and, you know, can save some labor and not have, you know, cows crash and burn sometimes uh, where you're able to figure that out. So I think that's a, a, a very important aspect of the, of your project was able to get that piece in for those farmers. And I also like that the farmers get to share it with each other. Sometimes you or me or others that talk about all these sensors and all the company people talking about, oh, their sensors are great and everything's going, but it really comes down to farmers sharing their experiences with others. And that's where the, the true learning comes from in being able to tell, oh, well, yeah, I'm using it this way and, or I'm using it this way. You know, some people use it for fertility. Some people are using it for rumination and eating and feeding behavior. And I think every farm is different in, in those aspects, but I think your idea to share ideas of the farms with each other is, is great. And being able to actually see what, what those farms are doing and, and hear it from each other instead of you just telling them and now they can really get a sense of oh yeah maybe maybe this is okay to to do yeah they, they kind of have their cohort group where they're able to share that in addition to that they're really excited to go on our farm tours because as farmers they don't get to get out as much all the time they're always tied up between chore time so they with this project they get to go to each other's farms and learn about their farm and learn about how they're using the cow manager system so they're all, you know, we have our first in-person meeting next month. Everybody's really excited to, to, to get out onto these farms and really be able to work in person with each other. And I do think that as to the community piece of the dairy farming industry that we already have established, but sometimes we forget to, you know, hey, yeah, I should make an effort to go out to that meeting that's going on, et cetera. And in addition to that, I have, you know, I have all different production systems and age groups in my uh, my cohort group. So I think that'll add to the shared experience between all of them. It's not all one age group. It's, you, you know, there's going to be a lot of collaboration um, but between all of the, the farms that are uh, participating in this project. It's, it's the grassroots level that that will help achieve some some goals with, with sensors and maybe increase their, their use. I think you and me both have seen these work and I don't know if I could ever go back to the old way of doing things. Uh, before it's just a lot of labor you you know we catch cows much easier and earlier with things it's just you know it i i was a little apprehensive when we started using these sensors 10 years ago as well and you probably were too and there's still a lot of sensors out there that uh you know i'm apprehensive about still to this day and it's like well will it work and then so once you get into them uh, you can see what they're actually doing so it sounds like you are having a meeting. You got a lot of data crunching to do. Are you going to present anything to these farms or kind of what, what are you going to share with them? So I'm not presenting anything to these farms, but I am presenting at one of our regional meetings on this project. So I do have to do a lot of data crunching because we just finished up a project with one of the farms. And, and even though the system has only been in place for two months, this farm was kind of ready. They've they've kind of had their stuff fine-tuned. They're ready to to start a project. So I will wrap that up and present that at my regional meeting next month. And just to give you sort of a little bit of background about that project, one of their focuses was how can we better improve the feed bunk management for their high group, so their high producing group. And so 
obviously those are the money makers in your herd, your high producing, you know, uh, early lactation cows. And uh, so we decided to shorten the time between their feedings and then sort of, you know, this is this is not an experimental project. It's an applied project. So there was a period where there was no change. They kind of had been doing things as as, you know, a business as usual. But then we implemented a different feeding time. And now we're going to look at what the feeding time and inconsistency in feeding time, because that's a, you know, a variable in that, too. In the, in, in the perfect world, the cows are getting fed at exactly the same time every day. And cows need that consistency. You're right. But we're going to sort of see what the inconsistency in the feeding time did to their eating behavior. And in addition to that, what the response in milk production was to then be able to say, do we want to, you know, we've tightened the time between their feeding times. Now, do we even want to go further and kind of really try to nail down, you know, every single day, the one time in the morning or the one time in the afternoon, we're going to like religiously make sure that we're there as you know, punctual as we can be because it has this significant impact. So so I wanted to mention that a big piece of this project is that I'm really looking to utilize the data that we're collecting with this technology to be able to better improve or implement a different management practice than the farm was already doing. So for example, can we really shorten that time management, that, that feed time uh, between feedings and then in, in a further project, we're going to be looking at stocking density because they know that they have a stocking density problem. And we're going to look at those behaviors when we're overstocked versus when we're understocked. And really, the key is looking at rumination and then active or not active time of that animal in response to if they have more space versus not as much space. Well, I think that's interesting. You know, that that shows that, you know, these sensors are able to do a lot of other things to help with you know, management decisions, you know, even just what you're talking about, feeding time, what time of day are animals fed, you know, after milking or, or you know, whenever they, they are fed can cause a lot of other behaviors, changes and increase milk production or decrease. So I think that's a good thing to use is with these sensor systems, it's really changing management to increase herd productivity and profitability, really. So that's, that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. And that was really the goal of the project was, you, you know, we do get the benefit that there's the health monitoring, the estrogen detection monitoring. But really for my for my piece of the project is playing with that data, you know, utilizing that data to make that one improvement on their farm. Another farm, we're going to be looking at lying time. And so we're going to be looking at increasing lying time, the availability that cows have to lie down versus not, and then seeing what the response in obviously milk production and then the the behaviors, rumination specifically, eating time in active and not active time, because lying time is so important. And if cows don't have the ability to lie down for at least for the mature for your mature lactating cows for at least like 10 to 12 hours a day, you know, that can really hinder their performance. Uh, so we're excited to get uh, started with that project and digging into that data. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. We'll certainly have to have you back on again when Brad and Glenda talk sensors again and find out what happened to those farms that have been utilizing these systems and uh, what sort of management changes they've made in their herd. Anything else for the greater good today? No, I just thank you for the opportunity for having uh, me on. And I want to mention again uh, that this 
episode did did feature working with one specific technology, but uh, there's a lot of technologies that I've worked with, and uh, the technologies that are in the market are all obviously widely available, and they they do a lot of things. They each have their own objectives. But for our project, this this technology fit the best for all of the firms that I was working with. And so uh, it, it was a technology that we chose to work with. Um, so even though this might seem like CalManager is beneficial and we love working with it, um, it, it's certainly not the only technology that you and I have worked with, Brad. So I just wanted to mention that as well. I agree. We've we've worked with a lot of technologies. And if People are listening, and if you if you want to talk about more technologies that are being discussed, actually, our University of Minnesota Extension Dairy Team is hosting a Precision Dairy Conference in June twentieth and twenty first of this year in Bloomington, Minnesota, where we're all talk about different technologies that can help, you know, from animal welfare to improved labor, environmental sustainability data, uh, you name it. Uh, so there's a lot of information there. You can go to precisiondairy.org uh, to register for that conference and see what the agenda is and the speakers. So it's really uh, all about sensors on cows and and uh, how precision technology can help benefit dairy farms. So with that, I thank you, Glenda, for uh, joining me today. And uh, we'll definitely have you on again, of course, uh, to, to talk some sensors again. So thank you. Thanks, Brad. With that, if you have any scathing rebuttals or want to know more about sensors or if you uh, want to talk about, want us to talk about any other sensors, I'm sure we can, uh, feel free to let us know. Uh, you can uh, email us at the Moose Room. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at U-M-N dot E-D-U. And if you have any other comments or questions, just just call Joe or Emily. I'm sure they'll help you. With that, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.